So welcome to the Eventing Talks podcast with Cas Mosley. On behalf of Cumbria Horse Trials, I am actually here sitting at Frenchfield Horse Trials and I'm sitting in the most important tent on the show field because I'm sitting here in the secretary's tent with the lovely Kerry who is spending all day sitting here meeting every rider who walks in. So Kerry, you've been helping um, Cumbria events run the secretary's tent for quite a long time and you've done it before COVID and since COVID. So tell us a little bit about how you got into it and then tell me a bit about um, what's, what changes are and just talk to me about your role while you're here at the day. Yeah, no problem. So I've been doing this for, I think this is my sixth year now. Um, so I started pre-COVID. I started off as um, the assistant secretary. It was a very different job. So all your riders would come in in the morning and they'd pick up all their, uh, their numbers. They'd pay their entry fee, their start fees, any late fees. We would check the um, vaccinations and passports. Um, whereas when we hit COVID, that all changed dramatically. Yeah, so since COVID, um, the difference is um, when people arrive at the event, um, people no longer have to declare within the secretary's tent. So the declaration is taken um, by our lions that are at the main gate. Um, and then they will pass that on to myself. So we don't get the footfall of riders actually coming into the secretary's tent anymore. People have to print off their own rider numbers at home and bring them with them. Um, start fees are all paid online before the start of the event. Um, and vaccination checks are normally now done via spot check, via um, our vet that's on site. So a lot of the job description has changed. Um, there's not as much people coming in and out of the tent. Um, we also have a huge change in that we have eventing scores um, live, which is brilliant because it's very quick um, and very efficient. So where riders used to come in and have to come and look at the scoreboards, um, they don't need to do that anymore. They can look from their wagons and their trailers and they don't even need to come and see me. Um, so sometimes it can be a lot quieter than it used to be. I guess it poses its own problems though, like yes. having riders declaring on arrival but and then not it does. necessarily turning up or um, not coming and paying the start fee you it don't does. necessarily know if someone's turned up yeah so the initial um change of structure and the way that we have done things for years was um quite odd because obviously we were so used to having the control of people coming in and picking their numbers up and we used that to know whether people were, were here and that was them declaring <laughs> um, and when that changed to when you come in the the guys in the car park that are parking you up taking your numbers um, that put in an extra person and an extra step um, and a lot of the time like you could get a wagon in with free horses uh, but the rider doesn't realize that this is declaration so they might just give you one number and it took a long time for us to realize that people were doing that that they weren't realizing that that was the declaration um, and it took probably a season for us all to work out how this new system was going to work um, and for them then the gates to radio me the numbers which then allows me to let dressage know whether people have declared um, so yeah it was it was quite tricky to start with but um, it's almost a well-oiled machine now Amazing. <laughs> almost you're sitting here with three radios yes, in front of you it has meant that <laughs> i now have an extra radio <laughs> yeah so you have i'm assuming a radio to control yeah. to dressage and to the entrance that coming is in exactly it yeah so dressage stu stewards i'm assuming a radio through if anyone doesn't turn up just to double check yeah, they'll, they'll radio through to check to see whether people have declared, whether people have withdrawn. Um, if they have anything that they can't get hold of themselves, like that might be 
someone hasn't got a hat tag on we needed to get down here with a hat tag (laughs) especially with like standards changing this year Um, things like it's the first part of call where we see the horse and the competitor um, out in the field it could be that maybe the vet needs to come and check so I will get that that call to make sure that the vet um, can go down to the dressage arenas so it is it's basically like the the hub of the event um, and everything comes through me pretty much and then I have to find the right person so you have a person in charge (laughs) not quite in charge but yeah the, cool. the radios are busy. <laughs> and so, um, also at the end of the day, as a competitor, I've come to secretaries to collect my dressage score. When I've been fortunate to get a place, I've come bouncing in to, to stand and get prize giving and stuff. So, you yeah, organise all of that. So, when do the dressage sheets get released normally? Like, is there a specific rule about that? Yeah, so that's something like throughout the day, you will, if you ever spend any time in the secretary's tent, you will hear, I'm a dressage sheets back, and what time is prize giving? <laughs> And by the end of a 12-hour day, <laughs> I hear that in my sleep. <laughs> All the sheets will come back. Um, they will go from the dressage judge, then they will go to a scorer, where the scorer will tally up your um, score. That will then come to the main scorer within the secretary's tent and be double-checked. And then they will eventually go to me and I can hand them out to and the competitors. They, and when they're double checked by the scorer, that's when they appear on eventing scores. That's right, yeah. yeah so you and sometimes like, mistakes can still happen. Um, and that's when people would come and say, you know, I've, I've tallied it up again and it's not quite right. And that's, that's where they would come to me and we would check it and, and rectify it if that's, if that's the case. And that's totally fine. Like I know a lot, some people are like nervous to come and ask challenge that, things or have you. And like, no, yeah, exactly. Like, I've competed myself and as a competitor like I am very much like competitor focused <laughs> and uh, I want to like root for the competitors so if there's anything like that needs um, like addressed or checked like I'm, I'm always really happy to help people out with that yeah you're a very friendly face to come and see in the secretary's I really love it sure. like it's great it's a great weekend and so for you also at Cumbria Horse Trials run a lot of the B80s so the, by the nature of B80s there's often a lot of competitors who have come for their very first time yeah so what advice would you give somebody who is coming to this event uh, as their first attempt yeah my main advice would be don't worry come and ask questions it doesn't matter whether you think the question is silly like we've I've heard it all I've we've all started somewhere we've all come for the first time and not known what we need to do and where we need to go um my advice would be before coming to a BE event is to get out and do some unaffiliated events and get yourself used to it or even go and groom for your friends and go and, and go and see and get an idea of how things work so that when you come with your horse you don't feel quite so pressured because you've kind of seen how things work but the main thing is just come and have fun Yes. come and have fun that don't is. worry about the times don't worry about your dressage mark if you're coming for the first time just come and enjoy it complete go home safe and sound that's that the main thing fantastic advice so thank you very much for separating even more of your day and having a chat with me in the secretary's tent and i hope you have a lovely rest of the weekend yeah no problem i'm thank sure you. we will the sun is shining it is <laughs> it's not raining <laughs> So I'm just down at the dressage arenas and uh, here we are. I my, can't not go and interview Sarah. So Sarah, your first ever BE80 riding Dwina. How was it? It was fine. She's a bit lazy in this heat, I think. But um, yeah, that's not the skinny bit. The skinny bit's still to come. <laughs> well, you've got a few hours now to go and walk the course, haven't you? So you've not seen any of it yet? No. No. 
Well, good luck for the rest of it. I shall see you at other sections. Thank you. So I'm down at the uh, dressage warm-up at Frenchfield. Um, it's very quiet here today and I'm with one of our fantastic dressage stewards. With one of our fantastic dressage stewards, Brian. You are currently looking after Section Q. So you've been, I've seen you a few times yes. helping out. So yes. um, how long have you been doing it for? Tell us a bit about yourself. I've been doing this about 15 years now. I've, got, I've, got, I've never ever ridden a horse Amazing. and got roped into it by my wife because she used to ride and this is her way of putting someone back into it. That's fantastic. Well, and as I, a rider, I'm very grateful for everything that volunteers do. And I really enjoy doing it. God, it's amazing. Yeah, it gets me out of the house on the weekend. Well, whenever I've been down here, I've always seen your smiley face. So I know you've been here a few times. Yeah. Um, so, And we're standing here on a very hot day with sun shining. But rain, hail or shine, you will be here. I'm here. Yeah, um, short or wellies, I'm always here. Amazing. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a difference with Frenchfield dressage um, because we don't have horns or whistles, whistles going on no, we, um, because of the caravan site yes. next door. It's to respect those. So isn't we, use, it? we use a green card to start start them all with, and it's a system what works. It does seem and, to, and everybody likes it now. Yeah, I yeah. find it really quite peaceful yes, down it here. It is. It is. I've heard one horn all day. Amazing. And that's because yeah. someone's made a mistake. Yes, someone's made a mistake. Ah, cool. Yeah. So if um, a rider comes to you, they should come and find you if they're yes, not new they to should. BE. Yes. And then what do you do? Uh, the first thing I do is check that tag. Cool. That tag. Check around the horse, see if it's got any boots on, markings, blood, or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, tell them where they're going to be, which arena they're going to be, who they follow, and which order they go in. Cool. And then to thank them for when they come out, thank them for enjoying it. And let them go and warm up and away let, they let, go. Yes, yes. That's yes, fantastic. Yes, yes. So, is there any advice that you would give somebody if they were thinking about doing eventing? Come straight to the show to check in in case something goes wrong. Because okay. you get them, especially at the, at, the, at the beginning of the season, you get them coming with no hot tags. And they'll warm up over there and they won't, be, they won't be checked in. And then suddenly, oh, it hasn't got a hot tag on. So that takes time, that takes another 10 minutes to do. So as soon as they arrive, get checked in. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yes. So rather than bring your horse over and spend 20 minutes warming yes. up, mm. make sure you've checked in first and then go and do that 20 minute warm up. That's, yes. that's excellent yes. advice. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for letting me interview you. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah. And <laughs> trying to collar yeah. our Yes, elusive show jumping course builder, that is John Collier. And I am now sitting here on a sunny day on the yes, side of Fringefield. And he is very grumpy about it, but I've managed to pin him down anyway. So welcome to the podcast, John. Thank you for agreeing to let me have a chat with you. I have known you my whole life. I'm, I'm from Cumbria myself, so obviously I know you. But tell us a little bit about you. So you didn't start riding ponies until you were 16. So tell us about how you got into that. I never rode ponies, just horses. Oh, just horses? Yeah. So when did you get your first horse? Um, 1982. 1982. And how did that come about? Did you always want to ride horses? Well, there's something special about horses, isn't there? There's yeah. something very unique about horses. They have a enduring attraction. So how did you get from a council estate in Oldham to riding a horse? That's a valid point. <laughs> So you got you started riding at sixteen. Mm, had a friend had a horse at sixteen. Yeah. Cool. And then so you started riding their horse, and you went. You didn't do ponies. You went straight onto horses. And then how did you come by your own horse then? 
Well, it's a long, convoluted story. Basically, I um, went to do a degree in economics. Okay. And when I was at Trent Poly, there was a riding team there, and I rode, rode Trent Poly. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So you did the riding teams. Yeah. And then. Badly. Uh, was that short jumping teams or was that everything? Dressage, everything. short jumping, cross country. Um, just riding, basically. Just, just, just. It's a long, it's a long time ago. I know what it might have been, but <laughs> everyone wants to know these stories. So then you started eventing. So tell us a little bit. No, um, I met Anne, uh, basically, and we. Um, we're fortunate enough to get Black Knight Farm. Yeah, anyone who competes at the Cumbria events, winter shows, will have been to Black Dyke. We've done and if you haven't been to Black Dyke, you should go there. They well, have some great winter arena events. It, it, we, it's, we're no longer big fish. We're, we're now small fish in a big pond. We were, I think originally we were quite big fish in a small pond, but times change. So, yeah. I think um, I remember coming to Black Dyke when I was younger for Stephen Hadley Clinic. We used to come yeah. to Black Dyke quite a lot, but we had a lot of, in in our day. We had a lot of famous people came. It's, it, it's a great it's a great riding yeah, school. So yeah, riding and school. for anyone who lives in your area, learning to ride at your school, are very fortunate. There's been a lot of people. We had a lot of people learn to ride. We still do. Yeah, a lot of people. And so, did you start eventing because you built your own cross country course then? So, what made you start eventing? I think it's probably two reasons. We had um, at the time, Ed and Woolmill were very big into eventing. Les Smith was at Langham and they sponsored um, Ian Stark when he was setting off. And also, I had a good friend called Anna Lamberty, who she used to work with. Um, and her dad had the chip shop in Longtown. Cool. <laughs> good old chip, I love the chip shop. <laughs> no, but she, she was kind of actually, she actually got to badminton, which was good. She had a horse she bought off Renny Mowbray called Papagitano and got her to badminton. But she trained a woman called um, Janet Sterrick from the Wharf. Okay. And Janet, at that point, used to train a lot of event riders and she, and she started coming to Black Dyke doing clinics. And between, and the, this, as I said, this horse came off Les called Dunrabui. So, um, obviously, when you started doing eventing, which wasn't that long ago, um, but th there wasn't a B80, 90 and 100 level no, at that point. You went straight out of novice. Novice, yeah, and then after some years they brought in pre-novice, which everybody thought was a step down. Um, and But it's just, yeah. And so, uh, what, ha what level did you go to? Intermediate. You did intermediate? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, where, which are your favourite events that you went to? Kids like floors, they enjoy the ice cream. I think the favourite event for the kids was going to Killane Castle. Oh, yes. because yes, it was on the beach, well, by the beach. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. Nice. <laughs> and we used to take all the punter teams down to the championships. For years we did punter show jumping and eventing teams. Well, so, that's quite cool. Yeah. So how many years did you event for? A long time. A long time. A long and time. And then, meanwhile, you were also still running Black Dyke? Yeah. Um, and you built cross country course. You've got a cross country course around Black Dyke, haven't you? You've got two indoor arenas. Thomas does the fences now. I do the show jumps, and Thomas does the cross country fences. Okay. So, what Thomas. made you start doing show jumping building? <laughs> mean building show jumps, or course building. Oh, course building. <laughs> so, what made you start course building then? <laughs> Probably necessity. Okay, and um, and so you've been doing it for a long time now. Yeah. I really like your courses. Oh, thank you. You said um, the nicest things. I find that they are good <laughs> courses because as a rider, you need to ride forwards and actually 
be attacking really so yeah, it's more you need to ride forward you need to ride forward and i don't design a course that i wouldn't enjoy jumping myself well that's a really good way to think about it it is yeah if i don't if i if i I don't like it then i won't build it you know that's cool and so as well as um show jumping building you also do some judging because i've seen you at the um, winter events, the arena events, you do some of the judging as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a BS course builder, judge, judge and course builder. Um, but I always feel the people better suited judging than I am. I don't have the temperament for judging. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, I think that there are so many people needed to make an event run. There are so many roles, aren't there, within a, within a horse jars. You could literally list over like three pages all of the jobs that need to happen so yeah when you're i think i think people should perhaps come forward and try them i think there's a, the, the dearth of people coming forward i think there's a, we should be able to hand over the next generation people coming through who want to do it and they don't seem to be there yeah well i think actually as a somebody who grew up show jumping my passion was i am helping i used to love like finishing mm. riding the ponies while my sister was riding and then go and help the course builder there's quite actually. a buzz to show jumping it's 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 it is a spectator sport it, it is i mean I, yeah, it is. It's very exciting. It's still exciting. Even at this level, it is exciting. Well, you probably get to see, because you spend all day watching every horse jump round, you probably get to see the new young horses that are appearing on the scene and then see them later on, a few years later, running around badminton. So that must be quite nice to see all the riders that actually come along to Cumbria events. Cumbria events are very popular. Uh, yeah. I always see the people come and they should go thinking it was a pleasant experience they shouldn't yeah. go away thinking i didn't enjoy that yeah they sh- if, they, if they go away with penalties there's a reason why they have penalties it shouldn't be the course aren't set to trap people they're very straightforward but you need to be able to ride cool yeah. and actually we have the most amazing venues really don't we we're here at frenchfield it's a beautiful sunny day yeah he's and talking about because we, we had a competitive we have been at um came forward and did be 18 and was fell off at the second fence and Stuart said perhaps you should try some unaffiliated show jumping to get better rather than the be 80 and he said we tried that couldn't do that either okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they're offended by the feedback no, no. actually yeah. hey, if, you, if you're offended don't speak to John <laughs> that's true if you can't stand the heat don't stand by the fire <laughs> But I think actually that's true. Ring practice is really important. You need match practice. You need to be out there doing it. it yeah. You can do all your grids at home and jump on a surface, but it's not the same as and actually, actually going out and competing. And actually, even jumping a course at home in the in the you know in, in a you calm and easy environment is fine. But actually, ring practice is yeah, super important. Nerves and you need preparation and you need to be able to cope with it. Being a warm up with twenty other horses. And there's one crazy horse. Yeah, somebody's yeah. crazy horse in there causing havoc yeah like mine <laughs> havoc. No, no, no. Um, holding well, the practice fence you know cutting you up it's, you need to experience that to cope with it yeah for yeah. sure for sure and I think that um, one of the other things I've experienced um, eventing that we don't really have at BSJ is at BS shows at BSJ because I'm old school you actually do get time to walk the course and although British eventing events schedule time for course walking sometimes the times don't match so what would your advice be to somebody who does come along to a BE event and isn't able to walk the course don't panic stand there and watch but don't just watch one horse watch two or three horses and try and marry the one that thinks is similar to you um, 
can look for a stride pattern, look for a line. Um, it's not the end of the world, but you know, but it, to be truthful, though, you should, it is better if you get to walk the course. You, you're, yeah. you're, if you don't walk the course, you are at a disadvantage. And generally, things like um, 80s and 90s and 100s, the course is generally, unless the weather's really bad and you have to move fences, they it's usually the same yeah. course, isn't it? It's usually the same course, and, and there's a, a big degree of tolerance that the, there's not as many related distances, there may not be a dog leg, it's all very straightforward. Okay. So you, you, at the bottom end, you should get away, with, you shouldn't be too phased by not being able to walk the course. Okay. Novice upwards, you're not, you need to walk the course. I think you do to, so when I walk the courses, I like to walk where I'm going to ride. I yeah. walk every bit, so even round the corner after a fence to see where I'm yeah. looking ahead to the next line. You walk the track you're going to ride with your horse. Yeah. If My dad don't. used to shout at me for not doing that, so I definitely walk it now. <laughs> it's, it's like most things, it, it's a good, it, things become habits, good habits. Yeah. It's a good habit to have. Yeah. Cool. And um, is there any other advice that you would give somebody who has maybe got a, n- a nice young horse and that they haven't gone show jumping and they, but they would like to event? Is there anything else that you would suggest to them to think about? Yeah, preparation. You need, if you're going to go and do a dressage test and a show jumping round and cross country, you need to have done that before you go to an event. You need to put the preparation, you need to be confident and ideally you need to be, if you, you need to be riding above the level. So if you... If, for example, if you're jumping a 90 course, if you're jumping a metre track at home or a metre track somewhere else, it becomes a walk in the park. So it, it's all a big confidence booster. And you go along the day and confident that what you're going to do is within your capabilities. And yeah. then you have a lot of fun doing what you do. And then there's pleasure in it. You can't, there's only one person can win, but you get a, a nice feel if your horse runs well. Yeah. Cool. One day you'll win. Thank you very much for putting up with me interviewing you today. So, you've walked the cross country? Yes. So, I'm with Sarah, who's riding Dwina in her first B80. So, you've walked the cross country. Um, Talk me through the course. Well, I think I might as well have done the 90 since they're shared with the 90. (laughs) Not only kidding. (laughs) Karen, you've just gone and walked the course with Sarah. I'm going to pull you away from Sarah. She's just walked the course. So, um, what did Sarah think of the course? Well, Sarah seemed very chilled about the course. Oh, good. Yeah. What do you think of it? I think it's a nice course. Is Inviting, it? some sturdier fences, some nicer fences. Cool. So, I right. think she'll be fine. Is there anything that she um, that you think she might be worried about, or for her first B80? Well, she didn't let on. She was she she had a good poker face anyway. Oh, good. So. Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> so, what she said is that she knows Dwina can do it. So. That's good. I think she's quietly confident. Uh, yes, excellent. Well, I shall catch her at the finish. Yes. <laughs> okay. What do you have to say? Well, hang on. Okay, so I'm here with two competitors at Frenchfield who are doing the novice. So they're good friends of mine. So I'm here with Stephen Runciman and Nedia Chandler. Um, so you both are riding. Which horses are you riding today? And what have you done so far? Stephen. Uh, I am on Grandstown Vision and I have done my dressage um, about three hours ago and <laughs> so I've had a bit of a long wait in the afternoon but uh, we had a 33 dressage and we're currently lying in ninth so I'm quite happy with that. That's fantastic. Um, so we'll see how the next two phases go. 
Cool. And have you walked the show jumping and the cross country? Walked the show jumping, walked the cross country. Um, even I was tired by the time I'd finished walking the cross country, so I hate to think what the poor horse is going to be like. So. Well, hopefully it's going to be a bit cooler, because were you roasting in the dressage? It was very warm in the dressage. Everybody was doing it in their t-shirts. There wasn't many uh, black jackets to be seen. So luckily now it's clouded over a bit. It's dropped a couple of degrees and we're, uh, we'll be we'll be good to go in the next kind of 45 minutes. Amazing. Like so yeah. I have to mention that Stephen's the reason that I do eventing. <laughs> because I moved my horses to Stephen's house many years ago many so years ago. Yep. Um, he's a good friend of mine so I wish <laughs> you a great success for the rest of the day. Thank you very much. Cool Cheers. and Nidia how have you got on today what have you been up to? Well I've done my dressage and we bought the show jumping, walked the cross country, lots of hills as always and now we're just going to go and get tucked up for show jumping. And so how was your dressage? Do you know what your score was? 34. 34, that's Which good. is an improvement from yes. you know, the beginning of the season, so she's settling slightly, uh, but still not where I want to be. Okay. Lots of improvement to Lots make. of work to do over winter? Lots of work to do, yeah. Is this your uh, last event of the year? Uh, no, we've got one more, Annick. Amazing. So that'll be that one. So then that'll be the finish, finish up there. Awesome. Well, very best of luck. Thank you very much. And hopefully it will be a bit cooler. I know. It is getting cooler now, isn't it? So hopefully it'll be fine. Cool, yeah. And Stephen and I like following each other around yeah, so yeah. <laughs> there's two behind me so she's pretty much yeah, and it takes me around all day <laughs> and have you done the novice here at Frenchfield before yeah I did last year yeah good yeah, good it was is good. the course very similar or a bit different it's fairly similar yeah there's a big number seven at the top of the hill there's a big log double there that you know I have a very short striding little pony and I'm thinking ooh when she tired coming up the hill we might have a you know problem but hopefully keep my leg on she'll be fine yes kick on right yeah. like you stole it <laughs> that's it yeah yeah <laughs> okay well very best of luck i shall hopefully catch you at the finish thanks guys so um kerry and margaret are here in the show jumping judges box they are watching every horse jumping round. so thank you very much for letting me ask you a few questions yeah. but starting off um how long have you been doing this uh gosh 20, 20 just over 20 years for me now and how did you get into it? Um, just when I was at university, um, I took it on as an additional sort of job alongside my degree course. So yeah, long time ago. That's such an unusual thing to start doing. Yeah, well, I worked um, at an equestrian centre down in Lancashire. So it, it kind of... So when you started doing your jump judge training, what does that involve? So it used to, it's changed slightly since I did it 20 years ago, but at the time you would have to do at least a minimum of six shows with qualified judges um, and kind of, you know, to prove that you knew what you were doing and they would sign you off and then you go and sit an examination. Um, now it's changed slightly, hasn't it, Margaret? Yeah. There's a little bit more to it nowadays. Um, yeah, the, the app has been added. Yeah, and we, we, we're British show jumping judges However, for British eventing events, official events, you have to be a British show jumping judge. So the app we're using today isn't quite the same as what we'd use at a British show jumping show. Because you have to write down the time that the rider's been and their faults, don't you? Absolutely, yes, yeah. That's good. And you literally watch every single horse go round the entire day. Yeah. Is it not exhausting? <laughs> it, can, it can be a bit, yeah, mind a minute times, but no, we're used to it, so that's good. Say that again. Yeah, so, but we would, we'd look, we'd, we much prefer it to, we much prefer a show to be busy than quiet. It's a lot easier. You get in a flow, really, with your, what you're doing when it's busier. And it's just bang, 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 so. And then... 
So you're not just sitting in here all day though, are you? Um, part of your role as a judge is to walk the course. So you, you go and check that all the course is at the right height and you work with the course designer, is that right? Yeah, especially at a British show jumping show, but as it's BE as well, that also have like your TAs and everything here. So it's part of their role to come and check the course's correct height, the correct distances, etc. as well. We would peruse it over, we move the timing, we, we're in charge of that and the timing gates. And we're also in charge of obviously being happy that everything looks safe for the riders to jump. And so with your experience, um, if you had met somebody who'd never done BE before and was keen to come, what show jumping advice would you give them? Oh gosh, Margaret, what would you give them? I'd say, well, obviously they must have done some form of competitive jumping before they don't just arrive here they'll do probably unaffiliated and get used to jumping a course go ahead Kerry the course and you must familiarise yourself with the rules second ride now for Morven Brindle that's Monobeg take two do you find that sometimes yeah, happens is that, that riders come over after maybe they've been eliminated or they've had several fences down and they're just a bit confused as to what the, the ruling rule, was the rules yeah that can happen but the rules are ever so slightly different with eventing as well so for example in british show jumping you're allowed to, your second refusal would be elimination in eventing it's three refusals so a few riders would potentially if they'd show jump previously be a little bit like confused at that and in addition to that one thing I would say is if you can have try and jump somewhere on grass that is the biggest shock to most horses and riders because everyone's jumping nowadays in an arena yeah that's a really good um, bit of advice actually because I don't think there is much show jumping on grass available unless you look for certain local riding clubs and things that do do it um, and that's where you utilise your riding club really well. Yeah, but odd county shows and agricultural shows oh. are a good source for that as well. 77.94 Because the undulations of the course are actually really important. So, yeah so um, what tips you maybe have for people yeah so i guess actually for some riders if they've done bsj before and they've had two refusals they might just leave which yeah. is really unfortunate because then they're not allowed to go cross country and knowing that you could actually have three like two refusals and, and continue is actually a, a that's quite good reading the rules yeah it's so it's important, important yeah. for each discipline Good. Uh, so thank you very much for your time. I won't keep you any longer because you do look like you're very busy <laughs> <laughs> with lots to do. And I hope you have a really nice, enjoyable day and not melt too much. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'm just here sitting out on the cross-country course. I'm at Fence 2 um, with some amazing jump judges who have been jump judging for many years. So we've got Roger and Sue. So how did you get into jump judging? Through Pony Club, I think, at the beginning. Horsey children. Yes. Well, Horsey Wife, okay. which produced Horsey Children and so, Pony Club. So you've ridden a lot? Uh, not to any level for pleasure more than anything. Well, but the children were competing. Oh, were they? Just the Pony Club, and mainly Pony Club. Oh, that's cool. So you're local to Cumbria events? We're local to this. We're only about how many miles? Five miles from here. Well, five miles that way, but most of our adult life spent in Melbourne on the fell side on the fell side mm. oh cool which is why our children rode they rode on the fell side and are they still riding or have they stopped now 
Uh, one is riding. Okay, we'll one is riding okay. with her two children. Oh wow. They both ride, but they're late. I mean, they're late teenagers now. Okay. Um, the other two, they're familiar with horses, but not riding. So, with your jump judging, what? Why do you like being? Why do you like jump judging? Why do we like? Because it's Habit. social. It's social. Um, we're seeing. We're seeing the scenery. We're seeing the horses. We meet up with people we've known for Donkeys, what, yes. forty odd years. Yes. From, Here at the event. Yes, from oh, yeah. Pony Club years ago. Yes. Pony oh, Club cool. Mothers and yes. Committee members. Yes. So you get to look out for their daughters riding around the course and stuff. Well, we get to, we're really them. We talk to them really. <laughs> we do well, see we get a chance. That's fantastic. So what um, with your jump judging role, I see that one of you is taking the time and one of you is doing the writing. So do you just, do you switch these roles around, or do you do them all the time? No, because my writing's rubbish. <laughs> no, we keep we keep to this, but um, we get on so well anyway that it's quite easy between the two of us. Yes, that's cool. And what advice would you give to anyone who had never been a jump judge before, was maybe thinking about volunteering at a horse trials? To try it, definitely. It's a nice, it's a nice afternoon, providing it's not throwing rain down. That's in Cumbria, you never know what you're going to get. No, then, <laughs> then you end up sitting in a car with steamy windows. <laughs> and <laughs> competitors do complaining that judges have needs their eyes chalked because they can't see out of a, a damp, steamy window. <laughs> or do what I do, which is the t- two or three times that I've jump judged. I, w- I help in control when I'm volunteering, but when I've jump judged before, I've flattened the battery of my car and needed jump starting to get off the field. Yeah. 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 I actually bring jump leads with me now. Yes, yeah. yes. Park it on a hill. Oh, yes, I should do that. That's a good idea. Cool. It's, it's nice to be outside, too. It's lovely. And do you... So today you're at a what I would say is a fairly straightforward fence. Yes. It's oh, fence oh, number yes. two. Yes. Um, are there any exciting fences or any um, exciting times that you've had while jump judging that you can recall? Not really, because... Well, I wouldn't say exciting. Sometimes when we end up, the short of volunteers, so we end up doing maybe two, even three. Jump. Generally at Warwick Hall. Five, six, um, one, clear 13. And you're reporting on competitors going through five six three uh, clear at fence okay five, yes six, one, so what you what we talked about a um, second exciting time. oh any exciting fences and stuff that, and you said you might you sometimes have to do two or three fences at once well occasionally if they're shorter people especially down at Warwick Hall yes but no it's normally it's, it's I mean normally well organized and then they manage to get the volunteers which is wonderful yeah it is it it's is absolutely wonderful and yeah. you have to take a time so you've got a stopwatch so for anyone who's listening who hasn't been to an event before and doesn't really know about jump judging um what do you do as a horse comes to the fence well essentially before the horse comes to the fence we've, fence, we've marked out a, a line of sight when they cross we time it so that um, every other front fence judge does the same thing. So when they get back, all the figures go back to the control. They've got a literally a record of this horse's progress round the course. So there's really no dispute about what happens. Every so often there's a fence that uh, passes on um, the, where, where they cleared some, some fences there's no reporting back and others that are reporting back so the person um, who is in charge of marking down what competitors do know where the competitors are on the course and the so other, it's very good and the other reason for taking the time is, is that if you have to stop them like we have a red flag here and they'll tell us to stop the horse 
then you leap up with your flag, wave your flag without getting trampled on and essentially you take the time uh, the horse. and then, then tear them off again, you take the time again and then that, that gap is allowed in there. Time oh, so that's if um, that's if like a horse is stopped because of a fence repair further or, on. Or you hold them, or a fall, or, or a like fall, that. and then you can when you restart them, you tell the rider where you mm. took the time, so that the scorers can detract the time that it's taken in between. That's, that's right, right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's so right. that's cool. Right. And then you're reporting. I'm, and you're I'm ticking lots of no, boxes. I'm recording, I see. Uh, the number, um, the time, and whether they're clear. Okay, cool. And if they have a refusal, you then re record we that? We then record the refusal, or two refusals, three refusals, it's elimination. So, um, yes, that's what I do. Um, and Roger tells me the time so I can write that down as well. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I have to tell them to leave the course of the walk. That's Usually if there are three refusals. They've done that anyway. They're on yeah. the way off. Anyway. Okay, cool. Nobody tries to canter off or tries to jump it a fourth yeah. time then. Well, occasionally, yeah, try, they try the fourth time. Oh, yes. Yeah. But usually not at a level like this. No. No. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, I think it's amazing. I, on behalf of all competitors, thank you very much for giving up your time and volunteering because without volunteers, this mm. sport wouldn't exist. So thanks very much and I hope you have a really enjoyable rest of the day. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, so I am in the show jumping collecting ring. Um, I'm with the two stewards that are basically in charge cracking the whip all day which is Sarah and Jackie and a mum Jackie so they're both in charge of letting people in and out of the ring and um, everything else so thank you for letting me interview you but tell tell our listeners a bit about what it is you actually do all day in the show jumping warm-up yeah so we're here all day uh, our role is supporting the show jumping riders getting from the collecting ring into the main ring um, keeping them calm um, keeping them in check of the rules and hopefully making them have a really good day fantastic and so you've got a board here in your car so it doesn't rain yeah. uh, although it is quite a warm day um, and there's lots of numbers on it so as riders come to you cross them off as they go in the ring tick them as they arrive do you list the board in the number that you're expecting them? Yeah, so here at Cumbria Horse Trials, we try and run to time order. Um, so we would normally set the boards up in the morning um, and then, like you say, tick them when they get here so we know who's in the arena. Um, and then as they go through the ring, cross them off and everyone can you know, see how many is before them and that type of thing. We've had every class today as well. So we started with the 100, we moved to the 90, we then went on to novice and now we're finishing the day on the 80. That's pretty cool, pretty full on day. So what time did you start this morning? Uh, we started at 20 to 9 and we'll finish, well, I don't know, 6 o'clock-ish. Yeah, I don't even know time, it's like no. 6 o'clock now. <laughs> yeah. so Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully cool. before it's dark, that's the plan. And do you find that multiple riders, so one of the things I think with show jumping warm-ups is that multiple riders try and squeeze in. Do you try and accommodate that or do you find that really hard and assume and hope that the, st the times that they've been given is actually better they should be slotted yeah in. it's kind of evolved actually over time i think the organizers try their best to accommodate the times uh, we have so many multiple riders nowadays that it's got really difficult to slot multiples in because everyone is a multiple um, so we try and stick to time but we do balance it on the day so we accommodate where possible 
Cool. And if you happen to be running behind, there's not really anything you can do in the show jumping warm-up to speed things up, is there? Not really, because it just takes as long as it takes to get people through. Um, in the past, we have had to abandon the plan and go to declarations, but we try really hard to not do that. <laughs> it's very cool. It's very cool. And so you are definitely somebody, if you're coming in to start the warm-up as a new rider who's never been BE before, the most important thing is the first thing they should do is come and find you, shouldn't they? 100% we need to know you're here um, and also if you've got any questions we're here to help um, and also if you've got any problems so if you're not quite ready if you just let the stewards know and they can accommodate you and slot you in slightly later but we are here to help that's the main thing amazing thank you very much i see that you went to protoni um because you're wearing the protoni t-shirt <laughs> yeah did you have a good time we had a lovely time yeah that was last year and uh, it was when yaz ingham won as an individual so it was pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah well, thank you very much for letting me interview today um i hope that you're not here for too long <laughs> no problem thank, <laughs> thank you very you. much Cheers. see you later bye so I'm sitting here in the tent at Frenchfield and I'm with Jane, our fabulous scorer. So you have been sitting here all day and you've still got a few more hours to go. So um, tell us a little bit about what your role is um, because it's very important. So yeah, for our listeners, um, tell us your job. Okay, so on the day or the breadth, the length of the role of scorer? Okay, so what does that actually mean? So that means that um, we are involved from the concept of the schedule, so the preparation of the event schedule. So we're involved in working with the organisers and the entry secretary, making sure that classes are right, dressage tests are right, the class codes for the days are correct, um, and all the contact details are right before it's published on the BE entry system. Oh, so that's even before, like, when the calendar goes on yeah. to say this is when the event's running. Yeah, yeah. Um, the actual schedule, when it says schedules in preparation, that's, that's We're you. involved in the background, yes, okay, working cool. with the organisers. Um, and then when entries open, we're working with the entry secretary. So uh, for Cumbria events, they use RAF, um, who's remote. Um, and I just liaise with him on entries coming in, have a look at sort of classes, how they're filling up, how the days are filling up, um, work out you know what numbers we're on. So are we getting towards the crux of we need to start creating wait lists for classes because numbers are too high? Uh, liaise with the organisers here, so Douglas and Lucinda on that. Then, when it's decided how everything's working, I then have a look at the entries and create the timetable for the weekend. Um, so put a timetable together, send it across to Douglas and Lucinda, get their thoughts on sections, numbers, running order, agree and finalise that with them, and then it gets published. Um, and then RAF does the sectioning, and then for the event, um, he processes all the final changes by mm, end of Tuesday, and then I pick it up Tuesday night, tighten up the timetable, um, to make take account of any changes in numbers and what have you and then sit down on Wednesday prep all the times for the multiple riders make sure that all the special requests have been adhered to as much as we possibly can process more changes rider substitutions horse substitutions uh, withdrawals so any withdrawals that can be replaced off the wait list we will do send out all the times to the competitors and print all the running orders off and then arrive on site this morning for seven o'clock and then I sit here and input scores and check times and have a fantastic day in the sunshine.
I mean, it has been a fantastic day, isn't it? But I have to say, my mind is blown by how much you do in the few days running up to an event. So, um, do you decide then, obviously some events run like the B91, followed by the 100, followed by the novice. Um, my limited understanding is that quite often the bigger classes are in the middle of the day because that's when visitors are there, spectators are on the field. But sometimes some events run an 81st, some events run an 80 last. So do you decide that? Is that uh, In conjunction with the organiser, and it, the start of the day will depend on the number of entries in a class. So bigger the number of entries in a class that's the class you'll start with because you need to start with at least four sections so you can scramble them so the dressage doesn't then the show jumping doesn't catch up with the dressage and the cross country catch up with the show jumping it's all about working out how that works because you've got a six minute dressage test yeah that horse then has to have a half hour break before it show jumps and that's a minimum requirement and that's a minimum requirement Um, and then a half hour break before it goes cross country and if you're going to try and start the day with 90 entries your dressage is going to or your show jumping across country will catch up with your dressage well before your dressage section is finished and the last thing you want is like a show jumping ring that's got no horses yeah. jumping in it yeah or lots of multiple riders who are trying to squeeze their dressage or their show jumping in and then have big gaps before you get to cross country. So it's all about planning that and having a look at it. You will have a look at multiple riders, but they aren't the focus around how the day runs. As you said, some organizers like the big classes to be in the middle of the day. Um, It attracts the spectators. It also tends to work for the multiple riders because more often than not, they will have horses throughout the day in all the classes. Um, So that tends to work as well. So, yeah. That's cool. I mean, it sounds like there's just so much to do that I haven't even really even considered. Um, but we're actually talking about the special requests from riders. So sometimes I've put my entropy and I generally always ask for an early start time. Um, and sometimes you get that through and actually your early start time is still one o'clock because the sections are running in the afternoon. So you're never going to please everybody, are you? But it sounds to me like you do. You spend hours trying to you try everything in. You try your absolute best. Um, requests for early start times are less than start requests for late times. Okay. Um, you will generally get every competitor will say, or most competitors will be, can we have late times please? And you will try and accommodate it, but you can't. Um, when it comes to, the score is not involved in the sectioning, that's very much the entry secretary, but they will look at it from a postcode perspective. So people who have the shorter distance to travel to the event will tend to be at the start and the end of the day. Yeah, that makes sense. Because they've got less to it. That said, if you've got a rider that's got five horses for the day and two or three of their horses are in the first class of the day, they will find that they'll have at least one eight o'clock test and they might even have an, an 8.50 test as well to get their tests through so they can carry so on they can then get their jumping done wow it seems like such a headache i i i'm not an organized enough person to do your job for sure it sounds it sounds phenomenally difficult and you um you score at other events not just yeah um so this year it's been a different year for scorers um so this year we are no longer um deployed by be we are actually appointed by the organizers directly um Douglas and Lucinda have been very kind and asked me to score all their events this year, which has been fantastic. 
And then behind the scenes, I have uh, been working second scorer with Tanya Adamson. Oh, yes. So at uh, Floors, um, Burgeon, Blair, and then um, I was very lucky to be asked to go and do second scoring at Burley last weekend as well, which was... Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, I mean, completely different. All four of those international events are different, but they're fantastic. Love international events. Love national events. But the internationals just have that extra buzz about them. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, who doesn't want to be helping at Burley? <laughs> well, you're, and you're in a prime spot, you know, <laughs> for dressage. And well, yeah, well, you say you see everything, but generally you've got your head in a test adding up when the next test is going on. So you miss it, and then you hear the round of applause from the spectators, and you're like, what have I missed? Oh, I'll watch it on Burley TV instead. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And so you must be exhausted by the end of a weekend of eventing. What do you do to unwind and what do you do outside of scoring? What do I do to unwind? So what do I do after scoring? Well, I go to work on Monday. Um, I work for Cars Billington um, and as a member of their people team, which is great fun. Um, new to it, only been there since the end of June. Um, and then otherwise, ways of unwinding, exercising, dogs, horses, running, seeing friends. Just, and then it tends to be when you get to the end, a bit like everybody else who competes, you get to the end of the eventing season, you go, ooh, I'll go and socialise with my friends now <laughs> and catch up with them over the winter. That's good. It makes the winter go fast. It does. Yeah. So um, as a new first-time eventer, what would advice would you give from a scorer's perspective? What advice would you give somebody who has not done eventing before if they wanted to come along to their first one? Is there any advice that you would provide? Ask any question, because no question is has not been asked before and no question is stupid. Um, we will impart as much information as we possibly can. Um, read the key elements of the rule book. You know, know about printing off your number. Um, identify where you will get your times from. Make sure that your contact details in the BE system are up to date. Um, we never want to be in the position where we have to. But having those contact details available to us if we need them are important. Um, I would say find somebody who has done it before and maybe ask them if they will help you walk the course, uh, if they will give you some advice on how you just, you know, when do you arrive at dressage, does your horse only need a half hour warm up, allow an extra few minutes so that you are seen by the steward and the tax steward that you'll check properly. If you've never been before, make sure that you arrive in plenty of time at the event to get your hat tied. Um, you will also find that some events do impromptu passport checks on horses. So again, it's in the rule book anyway. Bring your passport with your horse. Um, they might also do the odd impromptu back protector check. Find out where show jumping is. Find out where the cross-country start is, where the collecting rig is, identify where your show jumping warm-up fences are, and just ask questions, is what I would say. This has, that's the best, best bit of advice I have had from anybody I've interviewed so far, so that is fantastic. So thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you're really busy, and I've taken too much of your time already here at French Yeah, Mail, I need so to get back to it. Thank you very much for listening. and. Thank you very much for answering my questions and have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. So on my way out leaving Frenchfield, I have stopped to have a lovely chat with Terry, 
who is from the Penrith Lions Club. I'm so also our mascot. You're also the mascot? Yes, yes, I'm the one that walks around town on May Day wearing the Lions outfit. Oh, that's amazing. So I think you need to tell me more about that then. So you, um, from what I gather, the Lions Club are the team of people who help you do all of the marshalling at the at Cumbria we, Hostiles we events. We assist with the marshalling. Okay. Yes, uh, there's others do it as well, but uh, we just well, it's not volunteer. We get paid to do this, so we get money into our club to give back out to good causes. Because you do a lot of fundraising, don't you, for we, good causes? That's we what do. You, um, we do what we can, so, so we give money back to people that needs assistance. And it, so, apart from Cumbria Hostiles, do you do what other things do you help? With? Well, we we've got our own May Day, Penrith Lions. We do the May Day in Middletown first May, first bank holiday in May. Um, we assist with Rotary on we're doing a foot they're doing a fun run at Dale Main on the 22nd of October so we assist them with the car parking on that we've we do the um, Christmas post Santa sleigh and black eye Friday collections around Christmas that's amazing so, so you do lots of stuff we do we do what we can to help lots of to get to get money in so we can give it back out that's amazing. I didn't really um, appreciate what you guys did until I got chatting this morning. So. Yes, we do what we can to help people that need it. That's fantastic. So how long have you been helping at Cumbria Hostiles? Uh, me personally, this will be about my sixth year, but I think they've been doing it a lot longer than that. That's cool. And um, so. are you horsey or not really? Not really, no. No. I'm, a, I'm an outdoors person, but I'm not really a horsey person, but... I love doing this. I mean, it's been a fantastic day to be it, standing in the sunshine, hasn't it? It's usually a good day doing the horse piles. Is it? Yeah. Because actually, we're, I'm from Cumbria as well, and I think sometimes it rains a lot. It, um, so it, 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 it's the lakes. It what is, do you expect? Exactly. It's the lakes. We need the bed to keep the lakes up. Cool. So as a member coming to the uh, Cumbria events, what advice would you give to somebody who's arriving in the morning? Is there anything as... Fetch as a, a coat, just in case it does rain. Just for <laughs> But, no, just... Come, enjoy yourself. It's, it's a fun day. It's a fun day. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you for answering my questions. Pleasure. And I'll see you at the next event. Yeah, we'll be here, I presume. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, um, as well as parking cars, you said the main the job... The main job we're here for is, in case there's loose horses, is to stop them getting on the road. And you just run, close the gate, so stop anyone close, from doing yeah, yeah, we get the radio message that there's a loose horse, or if we see there's a loose horse... We'll close the gate to try and keep them contained so they don't get on the road. Cool. And then actually, um, that's one of the things to mention is um, you take declarations on arrival now as well because you take the rider we numbers. Take, yeah. As they come in, we'll take the rider numbers and then radio them through to the secretary. So it saves a lot of people having to come in, run to the secretary's tent to give the numbers in, to go back to the vehicles to get themselves sorted before they got to compete. That's cool. So actually it saves the riders a lot of time it, it as well, helps. which is fantastic. Well, it, well, it helps, hopefully, yes. Cool. Thank you very much. There are so many people that are involved in keeping these events running. And as an event rider myself, I am truly grateful for the efforts that are put in by the Cumbria Horse Trails team and every connection and all their volunteers and all the sponsors that help keep these events running. For anyone interested, Sarah had a great day. She had one fence down show jumping, which was pretty unlucky. And then she went clear cross country and came through the finish with the biggest smile on her face. 
and she cannot wait to do it again. And I've already had an email from her with a plan for the next season. So watch this space and listen out for the next episodes of the podcast because there will be more along shortly. Thank you for listening.